0: Has the skills you, I'm right there. of a dangerous man.
1: I need to know what went wrong. I think he snapped, but he has no memory. We don't take care of this, we will both burn.
0: It's trained, conditioned, built to disappear. I'll give you ten thousand dollars to drive me to Paris.
1: I get the money, and I don't get hurt.
0: That's a deal now. The
1: government's top agent... I can't remember anything that happened before two weeks ago.
0: Ampicia? Yes. ...is about to become their number one target. What's in Paris? It's a name. Jason Bourne. Let's see if the Paris police can find him for us. And the only way he can survive... Talk a lot. ...is to find out who he is. I guess you're not home. Monsieur Bourne. I don't recognize any of this. I don't recognize any of this. Before they find out. Get the address. I think I got it. In his. Where he is. Get everybody up. I want them all activated. Do it now! Jesus Christ! And welcome to Viva Action. My uh, uh, the oh, fuck. <laughs> I threw myself off. That was
1: a good joke, though. Well done.
0: Thank you. Uh, welcome to Viva La Action, the movie podcast where we're talking about all things action movies the good, the bad, and the underrated. My name is Santi, and with me, as always, is my co host Grayson. Hello, hello, what how up? are you?
1: I'm chilling, <coughs> Vibin' right on yeah how you we doing were
0: talking uh good i'm good we were talking about the boobs that are sitting right above your head just so oh, earlier yeah. Yeah, um are. if, if you're also not also predator on, yes there is predator right there and was... um gambit
1: gambit and rogue and gambit are also over there
0: i was gonna say, oh so before we get into the to the meat of the podcast um i wanted to make a little announcement slash <laughs> um Tell you something, um, Uh which we haven't. We didn't discuss this off podcast, but I've just I've made an executive decision. Um, I think from from this point moving forward, um, we're going to put the bonus episodes on like a hiatus just because we have uh, struggled to make time to actually record anything. Um, And it's like rather than, you know, trying hard to put out two pieces of crap um we should like you know we'll we'll spend more time like crafting a polished long form episode um but they may come back at some point circumstances will probably change that's why i'm saying like hiatus for the bonus episodes and not just like we're gonna get rid of them um
1: the famous words of ron swanson don't don't half-ass two things whole ass one thing
0: that's right Um, but yeah, they're, they're just going to go on a little break until I can kind of catch up on YouTube and, and make sure that the full length episodes are, are what I want them to be. So for the time being, um, we're just going to be putting out one full length episode every two weeks, um, as opposed to like a full length episode and then a a mini episode. Um, but if anybody, if if this is your first podcast, go back and listen, we've got like, like 10, 10 or 11 bonus episodes, um, And they're all varying levels of interesting or funny. Um, Yeah, two of them are just me in my room by myself. Um, There you go. Or three of them, two or three of them are are just me by myself. But the rest of them are fun. Um, Yeah, go check those out. They'll be back someday. But for now, we're just gonna stick to the bonus episodes. That way, we can put like our whole ass. You mean
1: the long, the whole, the big, the big one, not the bonus?
0: Yes, whatever I (laughs) whatever I said the opposite of that. Could work. It's it's eight twenty five in the morning. Okay. Yeah. This is not going to be my best. That's okay.
1: It's not going to be my best either.
0: But but you know what is the best? Matt Damon. Uh, Matt Damon and his two thousand two film, The Bourne Identity, Mm -hmm. um, directed by one Doug Lyman or Lehman. I think it's Lyman. L i m a n,
1: um l i l i l i m,
0: l i m a n, yeah, lemon. I think it's I Lyman. think it's
1: lemon, lemon, le- lemon. Wait, le lemon? Doug Lemon. I bet you. I bet you. It's Doug <laughs> Doug <laughs> lemon.
0: Doug Limone. Doug Lemon. Doug Lemon Lime. <laughs> Doug Sprite. Um,
1: <laughs> Doug Doctor Pepper.
0: Uh, so it was directed by by that guy, um, and it was uh, it was co-written by uh, Tony Gilroy, who um, if that name sounds familiar to anybody, uh, Tony Gilroy was one of the writers and sort of uncredited co-director of Rogue One. Um, oh, and he's also the showrunner on Andor, um, the, oh. the Star Wars series. So. Uh, that's, uh, he's also, re- he wrote these two, he wrote this Bourne film and then he wrote the other two, uh, Matt, or two of the three Matt Damon ones, um, the other two in this trilogy. Um Yeah, so it was written by him. It was also co-written by Blake Heron, although uh, most of what he wrote did not end up in the final script and we'll talk about that. Um, the film stars one Matthew Damon as Jason Bourne. Um, with support from uh, Franca Potente, I think, it's, or p- Potente, po- I don't know how you say her last name.
1: How do you spell uh,
0: it? P-O-T-E-N-T-E.
1: Maybe it's just Potente or something.
0: I think it's just Potente. It's just Potente. Uh, Chris Cooper, Clive Owen, Brian Cox, Walton Goggins, and Otowale Akin- Akinoye Agbaje. Those are Nailed the, it. The supporting cast. I like how I can say his name, but I can't say yeah. potente. <laughs> yeah, right. That's <laughs> <or okay. Lamone. laughs> um the the film has an 84% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes with a ninety-three mm. percent audience score.
1: That makes sense.
0: Um the film does not pass the Bechtel test. No, they, um, there, there is one and a half women in this film. Um, yeah, but that's okay. Uh, I, I forgive it for that. Yeah. Um, by job, I forgot to put in the IMDb synopsis, but that's okay. Nah. Um, we'll just, we'll just freewheel it here. We're winging um, it. We're winging it. So there's a uh, <clears throat> Matt Damon. Yep, plays Jason Bourne. Um, American
1: America, heartthrob.
0: American heartthrob. America's favorite son yeah um, the man on mars um one half of goodwill hunting
1: um <laughs> never actually seen that movie
0: i haven't either uh huh. it's one of those movies that like i always hear is good and i'm like i'm sure it's great but i just i don't have the time you know
1: understandable
0: um uh, excuse me Your excuse. yeah so so matt damon plays jason bourne um we first meet him as he's uh, floating in the sea, yeah. like the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> he has amnesia. He doesn't know who he is, um, and he's stuck he in Europe. Who,
1: he doesn't know who he is for, like, the entire fucking movie.
0: Pretty much the whole movie, yeah. Um, he doesn't know who he is, and he's he's on a journey through Europe to try to find out what happened to him and what his real name is and and what the hell's he doing here. Um, yep. Meanwhile, he's being pursued by uh, some shady U.S. government officials uh want to bring him in. I think it's supposed to be the CIA, yeah. Um, and he, he meets villains and, and makes friends along the way. Yep. Um, and,
1: and some I- more than friends.
0: <laughs> 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 uh, but before we get into the nitty-gritty of the plot... And the the film's history and all that fun stuff. What did you think of it?
1: Uh, so I had never seen any Jason Bourne films. This was my very this was my introductory Jason Bourne film. Uh, and I didn't really know what to expect. I've heard like good things about it and like my parents had the original like trilogy. Um, I really liked it. It was fun. Um, there were some things I was like, "I feel like we could not do that," but we'll <laughs> we'll get to that. I, having him be confused for the whole movie, mm-hmm. I feel like they could have done that a little better. Yeah, but, eh. Um, Matt Damon is just like a hell of an actor and i love everything that he's in so
0: yeah he's great he's um i think for me like because i'd seen this movie a long time ago probably like i don't know how old am i 20 nearly 26 so probably like a decade ago i saw this movie um and i just watched it the once and at the time i think i didn't like love like very like love it. And I think it was just because for me, like I've always seen the Bourne films as being the like arbiter of the kind of action that I don't like, which is Mm. that like like quick cuts, like fast and brutal kind of confusing action that became kind of the trend for like 10 years and just like ruined action movies for like a, a long time. Um, so I always thought of this movie as being like the cause of that. And so I always kind of had a chip on my shoulder about it, I guess. Um, which is a weird grudge to hold. Like, why should I have a grudge against the film? But um re watching it, I found that it's not the this one, like the first one in particular, is not as gritty as the other ones are. Oh really? In fact I feel like it has some holdover from like the matrix where Mm -hmm. a lot of the like martial arts and stuff in it is actually pretty clear. Like there's fast cuts in it, but I don't feel like they're intentional, like doing that, like quick cut, like trying to confuse the viewer kind of action. It's more like they shoot it in this kind of like documentary style. And just as a function of that, the action is a little bit confusing and blurry, but yeah, there there were quite a few shots in this that i was surprised that they held on for quite a bit um so i i don't know it, it wasn't it wasn't as jarring as i remember it being and i also this time around i appreciated kind of just like the the vibe of the movie i guess because uh born 2 and 3 are definitely more like espionage thriller like cat and mouse kind of games yeah um whereas this one is much more of like uh it's just one dude and he doesn't know what the hell's going on and he's just trying to get away yeah um which i think the like like quick and dirty premise of that i think works a lot better um so i don't know i i found myself enjoying it a lot more than i did the first time i watched it well that's um, good yeah so that that's kind of my general feeling about it i
1: guess yeah um no it was i i enjoyed it um i i see what you you're talking about with the action um i thought the martial arts was very good i like i like that occasionally when like fights started Mm -hmm. like jason Bourne would just start like like reacting and fighting and he looked a little confused about it he was <laughs> like how the fuck do i know this um which i thought was fairly funny uh, yeah
0: i i and i think this one too the in my memory like born 2 and 3 so i think it's like the born ultimatum and the born supremacy um those two are much more like serious i guess like much more Uh, There's not a lot of like wit or humor in them. They're just very like. Yeah. Gritty. You know, they're like dad movies. You know, there's like, they're not funny, you know? (laughs)
1: Yeah. It's something that your dad puts on, sits down, and about five minutes in, he's passed out.
0: Yes. And then when you try to turn it off, he's like, hey, I was watching that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, but you were fully asleep. And he's like, no, I wasn't. Like, well, I don't know what's going on then.
0: (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, it's, uh, This one does have a a bit of humor in it, which I guess kind of surprised me because I don't know. I just I think of them that way, that they're these like dad movies. But this one has it's got a couple of good jokes in it. And it's got like it's got kind of a sly kind of sleek feel to it that I I think I was surprised by.
1: Yeah. No, Um, for sure.
0: But before we get any further, um, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, this is the part where we're going to spoil the whole damn thing. Yeah. Um. So for anybody who hasn't seen it, would you recommend this be something that they go check out?
1: Yeah. I think, I think if you like movies from like the early 2000s and you like action movies, I think as someone who isn't a movie buff, I think this is a really good film to just like see um because it does feel very 2000s like early 2000s like there was a couple of moments where it like you was like kind of mentioning it kind of felt like the matrix almost um just in terms of like opposition and all that um and so yeah it's fun i highly recommend it and i keep saying this but matt damon's an incredible actor um like seeing him in this and then rem- you know remembering him in um the Martian like it it kind of blows my mind that that's the same guy yeah cuz uh, you know in the Martian it's not action you know he plays a biologist right and so it's a lot of it's a lot more like science oriented and and survive it's still like a survival thing but on two ends of a spectrum um, right. and so he's a very versatile, he's also very young in this.
0: Yes. I well, was like,
1: Holy shit.
0: Yeah. But what's funny is he's not that young. Cause he's supposed to be, I don't know how old he's supposed to be, but I think at the time he was like 31 or 30. That's him at 30. Yeah. He looks very wow. young, but, but yeah, he's older than both of us are right now. So, oh okay. yeah. Cause he's, he's 52 now.
1: <laughs> Holy shit.
0: So and this was 2002, Two. yeah, yeah, which is like 20 One 21 years years ago, yeah. So he would have been yeah. 31, yeah.
1: 31. Damn, yeah, like, he still looks great.
0: Yeah, he's a babe. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I to me, this is like I would call this like a Sunday afternoon movie. Oh like, yeah, you know yeah. you're you've just ate, eaten breakfast or whatever, and you're just chill, like vegging out on the couch. It's the perfect movie for that, you know, because yeah. like, like the plot is, I don't want to say it's simple, but it's very like
1: straightforward potatoes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very straightforward. Like, you know, if, if you're just lounging on the couch, you just got your phone out or whatever, like you can watch it and be entertained. Um, but it's also the kind of movie where you can kind of tune out a little bit um, and come back to and yet you won't really miss anything. Um yeah i i think it's a it's a good kind of casual watch um it's not gonna blow your mind but i don't think it i don't think you'd be remiss uh not checking it out you know what i mean like yeah. like if you want to miss it that's fine but if, if if you're interested in action movies and you like this kind of gritty kind of spy thriller um i think i think you'll get enjoyment out of it
1: no 100 percent
0: um so before we, we we get further into the plot, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the film's history, Ooh. Um, because I think it's a little bit interesting. So, hell yeah. Um, so Jason Bourne is actually a uh, he's a character from a series of books, oh. um, and the first one, which is called The Bourne Identity, was written by Robert Ludlum, who he actually died during the production of this movie. So, oh. um. He didn't get to see it fully completed, unfortunately. Um, Damn, Big Rip. I know. But but the book is really different from the movie. Um, huh. They basically just took uh, the name and sort of the basic plot and then it threw out everything else. Um, <laughs> and Tony Gilroy, who um, wrote the movie, originally they came to him... Because this other guy had written a script that was like much closer to the the novel, and Tony Gilroy, who is just known for being very like, um, I don't want to say abrasive, but like very outspoken and um, like just doesn't fuck around. Uh, he was basically like, "I hate this. Like, this is the dumbest script I've ever read." Um, and, uh, he called the other, like the original script, he called it a huge 15 gunman on the Metro blowing the fuck out of everything kind of movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and he thought it was more interesting if he just took like the basic plot of a guy who has no knowledge of who he is and all he knows is how to kill people. And then he just wrote the plot and threw out everything else. Yeah. Um, and when he brought that to the director who, uh, uh, Doug Lyman, um, he was like, all right, like, this is fine. Um, and they cast, they were trying to cast a couple of different people. I think they originally wanted Brad Pitt. Um, but they eventually ended up going with Matt Damon. But by the time they got around to casting Matt Damon, um, the studio had gotten a hold of the script and they were like, this is not the kind of movie we want to make. yeah. Um, uh because his movie was very like, like Tony Gilroy's version is very gritty. It's like toned down, very like low key. And they were like, no, we want this like big action summer blockbuster kind of movie. Um, so they hired this other guy, uh, whose name was, um, Blake, William Blake Heron. Uh, and he wrote this version that was much more, you know, big and bombastic and wrote in a bunch more action scenes. Um, um, But when they deliver that to Matt Damon, he was like, no, like, I'm not going to do this. (laughs) Nice. Good on you, Matt Damon. And he was basically like, I will quit this movie if you don't shoot the script that I was given, which was Tony Gilroy's version. Yeah. Um, So William Blake Heron is still credited on the script um, because he did do work on it. But yeah. basically nothing from his version is included. It's it's basically just Tony Gilroy's version. Oh, um, uh, gotcha. Which I just think is hilarious. Like, just this idea that... Is that is very funny. That Matt Damon's just like, no.
1: <laughs> no. Actually, we're going to do this other one. And if we don't, um, I'm gone.
0: Yeah. Um, but I was reading this article. I think it's on Den of Geek. And it's uh, it was basically just like this oral history of uh, the production of this movie. And it sounds like it was kind of just a shit show. Um, really? Yeah, because Doug Lyman is famously kind of like very um, not meticulous. Like he's very like he finds the movie while he's shooting it. So mm. it's a lot of him like setting up a shot and then being like, oh, actually, the sun looks better over there. So let's rearrange everything and we'll shoot from this angle um you know as opposed to a lot of directors where they like meticulously script it all out and storyboard it and whatever um but the problem with that is that um producers and studios don't love that cuz then it's harder for them to you know kind of track the budget and all this stuff um and there i was reading about like Doug Lyman is kind of this like just this like just this like whirlwind force of nature and he was just like pissing everybody off and um <laughs> like everybody was like threatening to quit and they went like eight million dollars over budget oh my god Um, i read that they did four rounds of reshoots which is insane like normally they do like like for a big movie like that they might do like one or two rounds of reshoots but four is like crazy Um, that's so many i know it's like what but anyway so then, eventually, they finished the movie, and when it got to the studio, they were like, "We are not going to make any money because they had to push it back like a year
1: because uh-huh.
0: um, it was originally slated to come out in September of
1: 2001. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> and weirdly enough, the September eleventh attacks were not why they pushed it back. It was like it was it was like some other movie was coming out that they were like, "Oh, we can't like come up against that," so they pushed it back a year. Um, and so they were, like, super convinced this movie was, like, not going to do well. Um, but then it came out and it made a whole bunch of money. So, oh, there you go. Um, but the side effect of that is that Doug Lyman, who was the director on this one, he pissed off so many people that they were like, you cannot come back for the sequel. Like, you, you're you done. Yeah. Um, nobody feel bad. He still gets work. He's done a bunch of movies since. But, um, yeah, it just sounds like it was just a fucking, just a nightmare. Yeah. Um, but hey, they all got to hang out in Paris, so you know
1: that's true. I've and this movie is very pretty. Oh, it's gorgeous! Um, Europe is beautiful.
0: It is beautiful, uh,
1: especially when they were like driving through the countryside. Oh, good shit!
0: Now, between the two of us, you have been to Europe. Yes. Um, have you ever been to Paris? Yes. Is it? Does it look like that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, parts of it. Yeah. Because um, we we mainly so we didn't even go because we it, we were only there for a day. We were also very tired because we went because the that trip we me and my mom and my sister all flew into London. Uh huh. And my dad was in a conference in Germany. Okay. And so the next day after we got into London was when we were going to Paris. But when we got to Paris, we were so like super tired and jet lagged. And so we didn't want to do a whole lot. Um and so we went to I think we went to their like World War II memorial or something. It was very cool. Uh and then and then we just sort of like walked around, um, got food. We we saw the Eiffel Tower from afar, but we didn't have time and we were too tired to actually go see it. Um and so we just kind of wandered around and went into some shops. Um and yeah it it kind of looks like that. Um buildings super close together. Um archi- beautiful architecture. Uh very small cars. I didn't, we didn't see a whole lot of like big cars like you do here in America. Um, but that's mainly because the roads are so fucking small. Because Europe was built back when you had a horse and a carriage, (laughs) and that shit was small as fuck. So they're like, yeah, we don't need big roads. And then they just never upgraded. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I, the entire time I was watching, I was like, oh yeah they shot this in europe this wasn't like a europe looking set in america this was just straight up europe so if you've never been highly recommend going it's very nice
0: okay yeah i one thing i do love about this movie and that i love about the the sequels is i kind of just love like even though it's been overdone now like the taken movies have kind of driven it into the ground. And then like um, all those like cheap kind of Liam Neeson thrillers. Um, I, I do love that aesthetic of like Paris and Amsterdam and like all these like European cities and like just a guy walking down the street. Like I, I and there's like buses passing by and everything. Like um, I've always just dug that look. And I think what makes this movie what I'm astounded by it, like, especially when you watch, like, modern films, is I just love, like, not to be this guy, like, I hate people who talk like this, but I love <laughs> the look of film. Like, I just love, yeah. like, like you, you really, you don't get it with, like, digital photography where it's, like, just that, like, kind of grainy, like, just really rich look to it. Like, it just feels like, I don't know how to, like...
1: Yeah, like, no, I I get you. Yeah.
0: Like the imperfection of it almost makes it like better. Like the like there's moments in this movie where you see like the film grain, like you see the like yeah. the lines and and textures. Um but I just love that look and and that combined with sort of the cuz Doug Liman, he was like a an independent filmmaker um he he did this movie called Swingers, which is like this like comedy independent kind of thing um but he had he brings that kind of like indie aesthetic to it where he there's a lot of like shadow and natural lighting and like it's the kind of look that people try to emulate now but don't quite like now it just kind of looks dark and like not that interesting but but he brings this like just this great like i don't know just this like like grainy beautiful like there's one shot where like like matt damon is just like standing on a street in in uh i think he's supposed to be in germany or no he's in switzerland um and he's just standing on a street and it's like snowy oh yeah there and he's like kind of in shadow and it's just like gorgeous shot um and it's in a fucking like early 2000s action movie but i think like yeah, I just love the look of this movie. Like I just I could just live in it. Like it's just
1: Well, it's it's very human because like with all these newer movies coming out where it is shot on digital cameras and they do like a lot of CGI and green screen and whatever, like it just it it feels It's like it's like processed food, right? It's like mm-hmm. It's like when a, a packaging says there's, like, no natural flavoring, right? There's, like, no natural whatever. That's kind of what it feels like. And, like, with, like, this movie and, like, The Matrix and, and all that kind of stuff from that time, it just feels human. Yeah. Um, and it And it feels real. And I think it's easier to, like, relate to certain situations in terms of like where they are and like the weather and just like the everyday life that they're having to deal with.
0: Yeah, it, you're right. It doesn't have that like artificial kind of feel to it. It's very, very grainy and gritty. Um, and what, what, one thing we haven't mentioned. So this is part two of our, our spy trilogy. Um, yes. So we started with Dr. No, which is the first James Bond film. We are we now find ourselves here with uh, the Bourne Identity, and kind of the reason I wanted to talk about the Bourne Identity is because it's kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum of something like a James Bond, where um, James Bond is very like larger than life, right? Like he's yes. like he's fighting this you know stereotypical Asian villain in a in a fortress on an island and whatever. Um, whereas with Jason Bourne, it's like. It's just this very like um analog like very down to earth kind of like there's there's some larger than life aspects to it, but there's this like great kind of i don't know just like gritty feel to it that I think yeah. is really nice
1: um, he's you know, Jason Bourne is just like some guy right yeah um and he and he doesn't have all these like fancy gadgets right mm-hmm. like like that scene where he's, um, he's like crawling out the window down the fire escape, mm-hmm. right? If that was like, you know, Jason Bond or, uh, James Bond, <laughs> yeah, Jason Bond, Jason uh, Bond, <laughs> it's his brother, yeah, uh, <laughs> he's an accountant. Um, no, if, if that was James Bond, he would have like some fancy gadget to just let him rappel down the building or something, right? Um, but jason Bourne had to just climb yeah down and it was like at any moment he could slip and fall right that
0: scene is so tense like oh it is
1: oh it's the worst
0: (laughs) like i i i don't really have a fear of heights like generally like i can be at the top of a tall thing and just be like oh okay um my sense of like self-preservation does kick in at a certain point but watching that scene where like you said it's it's like he's just some guy like he's not (laughs) spider-man you know so yeah there's that shot where you see him on the fire escape and then it kind of pulls out oh yeah you see that he's just like standing on this one scaffold that's like above like a three-story building and you know like all it takes is one slip and he's going to crack his head open and die. Yep. Like, yep. And there's that moment where he's like going to climb on the roof and the fire escape like comes out a little bit. Yeah. I just like physically, I was like, Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I did the same thing. I was like, Oh, this is it. This is where he goes. And then he had to like gingerly get back on. Yeah. And I thought for sure that that fire escape was just going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he was like, all right, going up, not the best option. Let's yeah. <laughs> let's go down. And I think part of the reason he ended up having to go down too was that he dropped all of his money. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and he's like, well fuck, I need that. Um and so yeah, it was and like the the all the like little cracks in the building, mm-hmm. um, they were so small, and I was like, Yeah, I was freaking out.
0: That's that's one of those scenes where I look at that and I try to imagine myself in that scenario. Oh, same. So. Um, and what I would do is die. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I. Yeah, if that were me, I just wouldn't.
0: No. Um, yeah, I would. I would be on that fire escape and I would look down, uh, and then I would go back to the stairwell and just be like, "All right, just shoot." You me. got me. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I'm not surviving that. That's all no. I can say um speaking so speaking of his of of that scene um this is something i wanted to bring up just because i think it's uh uh interesting um so if you'll notice in that scene um they very lovingly uh focus on his watch a couple of times um maybe you didn't notice but i noticed Uh Um, and i i just find this interesting but one of the hallmarks of spy films is like the watch, and I, yeah, I, this has kind of just been a thing since James Bond, because James Bond has always worn um, very specific watches. Um, like in Casino Royale, he's wearing an Omega, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of times he's wearing like uh, just these very specific, like navy diving watches. Um, that are very expensive and sometimes are even custom made for the movie and are like mm-hmm. you know, thousands of dollars. So I was like, "All right, well, what kind of watch does Jason Bourne wear?" Um, and I found this website. Um, it's called Hodinky, um, cool. and literally their whole thing. So shout out to Hodinky. Um, their whole thing is just like finding the watches that people wear in movies and like reviewing them. And I just found that so fascinating. Like, it's
1: so good.
0: Uh, I love the internet for stuff like that. Where, like, oh, yeah, you look something up, you're like, I- nobody's gonna know this, but I might as well look. And there's one guy who's like, this is all I do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is my whole life. I've dedicated myself to this and this only. Oh, uh, what a legend.
0: But if anybody is curious, so the watch that Jason Bourne is wearing. Um, it is a tag hewer link chronograph. Um, oh. It's a, uh, the one that he's wearing is from the 1990s, which is why it has that kind of metal link chain that you don't really oh. see very much anymore. Um, yeah. But they pointed out that one of the interesting things about it is that when you see the watch for the first time, um, it's very like worn down um like it's got a lot of scratches on its face and it's very like clearly like this is his watch yeah um and it's kind of just an interesting detail like the the that this man is like this black ops you know <sighs> espionage assassin kind of guy um and that the watch that they've chosen for him to wear is the kind of watch that that person would have like it's this like rugged you know timepiece that like would just survive like a nuclear blast like it's this, you know, kind of yeah. chunky thing, but it also has that kind of sleek like nice look to it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, shout out to Hodinky. Um wow. you guys you guys saved my ass while I was <laughs> looking that up, so shout out. Incredible. Um, go check out Hodinky if you're for all your watch needs. Um But one thing I was going to say, so We talked about, like, this movie in contrast to the other two spy movies we're going to talk about um, or have talked about. One thing that I just loved is uh, you see it a couple of times. There's, like, the war room where, like, the CIA is trying to track him down. And it's just the most 2000s technology. It's, like, these big, chunky computers. (laughs) I I had one of
1: those computers.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: They were not great. It ran no. like what Windows ninety
0: eight? Oh man! It took it's forever so to wonderful. load anything. <laughs> yeah, and the the office they're in is so nineties. It's oh like, yeah, it's like wood paneling yep. and these like leather chairs, and it's just like it's so wonderful.
1: Yeah, those keyboards, man! Oh Holy shit, with the big ass clunky keys. <laughs> uh,
0: everything is so chunky.
1: I know, and like, and just even like the programs, like the programs that you're watching them use. I was like, like oh, I, I forgot that like computers existed."
0: <laughs> oh, I know. At this time, have, yeah, it's running on like Windows ninety eight or whatever.
1: Yeah, and and it's just like this, like really basic, just user interface. Yeah, that like there's no like flashy stuff. It's very just like. Here's the information you need. And that's all you're getting.
0: Yeah. Like I loved, um, there's this moment where it's later in the movie where, um, the, the CIA agent that's like out to get Jason Bourne. Um, and we don't really learn his name. I don't think. Is that um, the sniper guy? No, the, the, like the head guy, the, Oh,
1: that. Oh, yes. Yes.
0: A real evil looking guy. You yes. Know? Yeah. Um, he there's a moment where he's like talking to somebody on the phone and he's like we'll have a satellite download link in 30 minutes (laughs) i was (laughs) like damn
1: (laughs) i know and it probably was like only like less than a gigabyte yeah information but yeah 30 minutes
0: 30 i was like because if you would have made that today they'd be like we'll have satellite imagery in 0.5 seconds or whatever and it's like yep the thought that back in the day like you were tracking somebody you had to be like all right, we'll have satellite footage in three hours.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We'll get back to you. Stay by the phone. Don't go anywhere.
0: I know. And just, whenever they would send like a message and it would be on that giant, like, you know, flip cell phone. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. Well, and like, even when, like, when, when they did call, I, nobody was had like, or not, not a lot of people had a cell phone it was mainly like landlines mhm and shit and i was like hell yeah i i miss kind of having a landline i'm not going to lie
0: i mi- i miss having a landline too because you had an excuse to not answer the phone exactly like, you could just be like oh sorry i wasn't home you know you you called the landline i what can i do yeah um, do you think that the lack of pay phones um, has made life harder for, like, real spies? Oh, 100%. Because you're always seeing them use a the payphone. Like, they're always uh, yeah. like, I gotta call for the payphone because you can't track me or whatever. Uh, yeah. Um,
1: no, I, I think for real life spies, yeah, I think that is a real concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trying to find a fucking payphone. Uh, find <laughs> a payphone that isn't, like, in a building with people. Yes. Like, like, there's no, like, phone booths anymore, mm-hmm. right? Where you can go and you have a little bit of privacy, right? Um, any payphone, like, the last time I saw, aside from our camping trip with that one payphone at the little
0: mm-hmm.
1: thing, I genuinely, I think the last time I saw a payphone was in an airport.
0: Oh, yeah, yep.
1: Because, you know, they have, like, a whole wall just full of fucking... Bus- yeah. But even, like, I think those are starting to go away because, they're, like, nobody fucking uses these anymore because everybody just has a smartphone.
0: Yeah, and and now I feel like... and it, it used to be this way, too, but I feel like now... it Like, if you're a traveler in, like, a foreign country, it's pretty much easier for you to just get, like, a domestic SIM card that you use temporarily as opposed to, like going to a pay phone and like having coins in your pocket
1: yeah or even just talking to your provider and being like hey i'm going overseas can we set me up to make international calls
0: right or buying like a pay-as-you-go phone which are like still everywhere right Um, yeah rip to pay phones i know um
1: you're the goat
0: and especially because i think I, i keep talking about aesthetics but I love that shot. Like it's, it's in a lot of spy movies and like thrillers and stuff of somebody in a payphone, And it's like, there's like the cameras like panning around them as they're like talking. Yeah. And then they like hang up the phone. Like, I love that. that That's so good. Um, Yeah. And they're like
1: looking around.
0: Yeah. uh, It's not as satisfying to do this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, Well, even like even if they're on like a flip phone, they can like shut it, you know, real hard, Mm -hmm. right? They can shut it and throw it, and don't make phones like they used to.
0: They really don't. Like even those like flip phones we have now that are like the smartphones. Yeah, like you can't close those dramatically because like you crack the screen. So yeah,
1: and yeah, you got to be like real careful with it. It's like no. (laughs) i one of the fucking bcs at my work uh he has one of those phones Mm -hmm. and i've seen it and i'm like that doesn't bother you like the line yeah in the middle that doesn't bother you he's like you get used to it and i was just thinking to myself i was like i could never get used to that it'd be so annoying
0: yeah I don't. I yeah. I don't know. I I thought about buying one of those, but they're so expensive.
1: Oh for, yeah, like, that's the other thing. It's like they're just like a ridiculous amount of money.
0: Like it's still a thousand dollars for a phone that is essentially just a novelty, and it's like I'm just gonna buy the same crap phone that I always buy for five hundred <laughs> bucks or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um. So like, we are an action movie podcast. Um, yes. So we have to talk about the action. Yes. Um, To me, I think there are two, like, two and a half, like, standout action scenes, right? Yes. I think the scene where he's trying to escape the bank is very, very good. Oh, yes. Um, I think that is, like, it's fun and it's, like, it escalates really interestingly. Um, And then I also really love the the car chase in the tiny car i oh, think it's yeah. fun um like especially when he's like zipping down little streets and stuff yeah um one of the things i love about that is they made this really interesting choice where in a lot of spy movies like especially like james bond um he just instinctively knows where he's going right like he's like oh yeah. I'll turn down this street and this i'll, I'll avoid the whatever but in this one, they, they like, literally make you see Bourne take out a map and, yeah. like, put it on the steering wheel and, like, trace where he's going to go. Um, and the director was saying that that was, like, a very, like, deliberate choice. Because he yeah. wanted Bourne to be this guy who, instead of being this, like, sleek, you know, fun, whatever, he's, like, he... he he's like he makes decisions and he's acting on instinct yeah. but also he's very like calm and he's very you know regulated and he's like he's like a black ops guy like he's yeah. like all right there's a cop coming at me there's a cop coming at me from the back let me just take out my map and see where i'm going okay that's where i'm going let's go like yeah he's not <laughs> like oh i'm gonna like ram into 50 people and like whatever um He's very, well, like, calculated and 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 focused.
1: Uh, yeah, well, and, like, you know, in a lot of car chases now, right, like, you know, in Fast and Furious, they have these beefed-up, like, armored, you know, supercars where they yeah. can just ram into whatever the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. He was in, like, some junk-ass <laughs> fucking <laughs> 90s whatever- Yeah. Right. Probably four cylinder. Probably had an oil leak. Right. Mm -hmm. Check engine light had been on for months, and Mm -hmm. you know that that woman was just like, "Not my problem right now." Once the (laughs) motor shuts off, (laughs) then I'll worry about it. Right. It was that kind of car. Uh. And so he couldn't really afford to hit anything because if he did, the car would just like explode. (laughs) Yeah. Um. And so. Yeah, I, I that was a really nice little touch of just like he kind of understood. You could see the thought process, and you could see how smart he was. Yeah, because uh, he had to be calm and collected to make the most calculated decisions. Yeah, uh, in such a small beater car.
0: Yeah, and I do love the the like. I don't know i just love the idea of like getting away from the cops and like a like a mini cooper like it's just funny to me like (laughs) like especially that moment it's very funny they're going down that tiny little street and he's like we're about to go over a bump and she's like and he (laughs) just goes down the stairs
1: (laughs) yeah i thought that i because i was expecting just like a speed like a like a gnarly speed bump you know those like speed bumps where like even if you're going slow enough you go over it, and it's almost as like you just like went over a curb. Yep. And then you like hear a sound, and you're like, Ugh. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. I hope that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that's what it was going to be. Turns out it was worse. Oh, and yeah. yeah, they went down the stairs.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is great. It's a very funny moment. Like, it's a great yep. reveal where he's like, you see the car from the back kind of go like yep. this. And you cut to the front, and it's just this giant just... set of stairs that he's going down. <laughs> Um yeah. The other really funny like moment to me and I think it's not supposed to be funny but um he rides a corpse like a surfboard at the end.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think even the the director was like, yeah, it's stupid but like we had to put something in there so. Yeah. <laughs> also 1000% that would not work. Like Oh no. You'd still hit the ground hard as fuck.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, he, he was a bigger guy. Yeah. But, yeah, I you would still, especially the way he was kind of positioned, like, you're, like, his, you know, everything was kind of in line, and so, like, your legs are going to hit, and they're not going to really be cushioned by anything. So, yeah, your legs are probably going to get fucked up. Um, and then if you're not careful, you know, your head might hit the guy's head yeah uh give yourself a concussion or whatever so right. it was that was ridiculous but, but
0: I, I i do love the shot too where he's he's like halfway down <laughs> yeah, stare yeah. And it's and like takes the time to shit that guy in the <laughs> yeah. head
1: i did think that was very funny um... uh
0: and then, of course, when he gets to the bottom of the stairs, he takes the time to reload, which I just thought was very oh,
1: funny. I That's the one thing about this movie that I noticed, and I was like, oh, thank God, is that everybody was reloading. Like, yes. Nobody just had, like, infinite ammo in their fucking whatever. Um, yeah. That's always kind of peeved me about action movies, where they just, like... like Some of the funnier ones is, like, when they have, like, a revolver that's clearly only has, like, six shots, but then they shoot more than six shots, and you're, like, how? Yeah. Um, Or, like, when they have, like, the little, just, like, a, like, a sig or something, uh, and you know it's only supposed to have like I don't know twelve rounds, like nine to twelve rounds, and they're popping off like twenty. <laughs> You're like, where are you getting these extra bullets? Like I, I yeah. see you don't have an extended mag, so yeah.
0: like, um, like the um, there is a great use of of that, like where he's got because to me the other standout action sequence is at the farmhouse. Where... Oh yes. Um he's he's figured out that there's this sniper who's after him, um, played by Clive Owen, um, for anybody who who cares. Um, that character, by the way, does not have a name. Um hmm. in the credits, he's just listed as the professor, um, <laughs> which I thought was quite interesting. But yeah, uh, there's a there's a great standout action sequence where he figures out that the sniper is after him um and he finds a shotgun in the house uh, yeah uh, but it's it's a double barrel and it just has the two you know yeah uh, uh, it can shoot two rounds at a time basically so he grabs all the shells and there's a couple of times where you see him shoot once shoot twice reload like yeah um and I, I appreciate that they weren't just like yeah it's just it's got infinite bullets I don't know um, <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah um. I know, I I also really enjoy that. Double barrel shotguns are very interesting because Mm. their triggers are designed so that you can either fire both rounds at once or you can fire one and then the other. Yeah. It's fascinating.
0: I do like the moment where he's kind of baiting that guy out Yeah, and then you're kind of confused about where they are because like the way they've shot it it's kind of this cat and mouse thing and then you finally get the reveal of the guy in the grass and you see the Bourne is behind him and then he wings him with the the shotgun um, and there's that moment where the guy's like going to get the other gun and then he just takes full buckshot to the chest yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well and the, the that's the other thing is that like when you get hit by something like that you do kind of go flying yeah. Because you're essentially hit with a wall of bullets. Yeah. Um, and especially at like that range. Oh. Um, if this had been rated any higher, like R or something, that dude would have been torn to shreds.
0: Oh, yeah, he, he would have been just chunks, he wouldn't have been yeah. a person anymore. But <laughs> yeah, um, I do appreciate that like when people get hit in this movie. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to shake it off, like, bullet wound. It's like, holy shit, like, you shot my arm. Like, I can't yeah. move this arm anymore. Yeah. Um, the this, the scene that people give a lot of credit to that I don't think is a very good action scene, but I appreciate it, is there's the scene where they're in, like, his apartment in Paris, and that guy bursts through the window. That scared um, the
1: fuck out of me.
0: Oh, I know, yeah. You don't <laughs> see it really coming. No. Nope. Um. But there's the scene where he stabs him with the pen. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of become iconic as, like, this uh, this big moment. But I, I just don't think that fight is very good. Like, I think it it kind of...
1: Yeah. It's
0: confusing, and it's shot in a way I don't really like, but... Yeah, it seems um, sloppy. It seems sloppy, and, like... I know it's kind of supposed to be. Like, it's supposed to be this gritty, you know, brawl kind of thing, but... Um, but uh, but yeah, I just I just don't love that scene, and I also found the sound effects kind of wacky. Um, yeah, they stood out to me as being kind of out of place because, like, it you're expecting this kind of movie, they'd be very muted, like like punches, but it's like, yeah, whoosh, 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 whoosh. yeah. I I was <laughs> expecting like the
1: fucking like comic book like wham, yeah, yeah, <laughs> to pop out,
0: um. But I'll give credit to I mean it's iconic, you know, the idea yeah. of stabbing the guy with the pen. So I don't hate it, but it's just like it's kind of goofy.
1: It's a um, little goofy, yeah.
0: Oh, one thing I wanted to give give a shout out to. So uh there's two guys in this movie who are credited with um kind of creating Jason Bourne's um fighting style um and they are Damon Caro and Jonathan Eusebio. Um Ooh. And they're they're pretty prominent fight coordinators. They've done a whole bunch of stuff. Um, Jonathan Eusebio did some of the fight coordination on John Wick one and two. Um I don't think he did three or four, but uh he he's done all kinds of stuff, and they're kind of credited with creating Bourne's fighting style. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to point out, just because I think it's interesting, um, a lot of people like misappropriate his fighting style as being Krav Maga. Um, which is a, I think it's Israeli um, fighting style. And it's the idea of of using whatever you can to, to kill somebody. Yeah. Um, but what he's actually using and what, what Matt Damon actually trained in is a fighting style called Kali, which oh. is from the Philippines. Um, and I believe Jonathan Eusebio is part Filipino. So I think that's why um, oh, okay. it's kind of inspired by that. But it's also partially inspired by Jeet Kune Do, which is Bruce Lee's fighting style. Um, it's the one that he created. It's called The Way of the Intercepting Fist. Um, <laughs> but Incredible. But, uh, uh, Jonathan Eusebio and uh, Damon Caro were both trained by uh, Dan Inosanto, who was one of Bruce Lee's students. Um, oh, okay. So I just think wow. that's an interesting lineage, like like martial arts lineage. Yeah. Um, but for anybody who cares about that kind of thing, it is not Krav Maga. Um it's mostly Kali and Kali is kind of based around um using your opponent's momentum to kind of uh conserve your own energy and use it against them. So like there's moments where you'll see somebody swing at Jason Bourne and rather than him block it, he kind of steps out of the way and kind of like, you know, uses their momentum to kind of defeat them. Yeah. Um so it's, it's just an interesting tidbit. Uh, there is a movie on Netflix. It's called, I think it's called Maria. Um, and in that film, the actress in that, she is using only Kali. Like that is her whole nice. thing. Um, so if anybody's interested in that, you should go check that out. Uh, I don't remember it being very good, but I remember the martial arts being very good. So uh,
1: um, dear Maria.
0: Uh count me in. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but that's yeah, that that's my last little fun fact. Um oh no, that's that's not true. I have one more. So
1: Ooh.
0: well I have two more. Um excellent. So when when we see Jason Bourne for the first time, um they dig that little uh thing out of his hip. It's like the yes. little little laser sight. Yeah um I believe in the novel that is, like, a piece of paper, like, that he just has oh. with him. Um, because the novel was set during the Cold War. Um, ah, It's not set, like, in the modern time. And also the novel is different because Jason Bourne is not trying to kill, like, a dictator. He's trying to kill this guy called Carlos the Jackal, who was <laughs> a real-life... Um, I think he was, like, a drug lord and, like, like a couple other things. And he was still alive at the time of the book's publishing, which is interesting. Oh, wow. Um, but anyway. So, in, in the movie, they give him this laser sight thing. Um, and this is just an interesting tidbit. If you look at the numbers for, like, the bank account, the first three numbers are 007, which is uh, James Bond's call sign. So, that's kind yeah. of fun. Um, huh. I, another interesting tidbit is um towards the end of the movie when you see um uh, i can't remember her character's name uh she's played by franca potente yes Um, she's got like the bike rental shop in greece yes um if you look at all of her potted plants one of the the one of the pots that she uses is the red bag that he gives her early uh, yes. in the film. Yeah, yep,
1: I did notice that. I was like, "Hey, she kept it."
0: So that's that's fun. Yeah. Um, uh I believe uh Adam Savage from uh Mythbusters. Yeah. Um I believe he owns the prop, the red bag.
1: No um, shit?
0: Yeah, and it still has all the stuff in it. So that's a fun one. Wow.
1: <laughs> that's really cool. He uh, so he has a YouTube channel. Yes. And I'll occasionally just, like, watch stuff. He has some just absolutely crazy shit. Oh, yeah. From from movies. I was like, how did you get your hands on that? Um,
0: he's, He seems like he's, like, between the two Mythbusters, he's, yeah. like, the cooler one. Like, yeah. he's just, like, this huge movie fan. Like, he just collects all kinds of stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, he's really cool. And he'll do these, like, really cool, like, videos where he'll just, like, build shit. And he'll, like, take you step by step how he, like, does it. And he'll give you, like, all these really cool, like, tips and tricks. Um, I'm sure you know this, but for those who don't, he has a ruler tattooed mm. on his arm. Uh, and he says he uses it all the time. <laughs> like, when he's out somewhere, like, he's working on something and he can't find, like, his ruler, he just needs to measure something real quick. He'll just use his arm. That, and I, I was didn't like, know that.
0: That's really cool.
1: Yeah. Oh no, it's it is very cool. Um because it has I think it's like I don't know how long it is. It might be just like a foot or like a foot and a half or something. Um, but it, it has both uh inches and centimeters on it.
0: That's really cool. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, no, nah, he is he is wild. I love Adam <laughs> Savage. <laughs>
0: um but that's pretty much all I have. Um did you have anything else you wanted to say about the movie? Uh,
1: I love that he just kept refusing to like use guns. Yes. Like he went to his yes. like bank and he took everything out and then he just like, yeah, fuck this gun. And he yeah. just left. And then there was like another moment where like oh he like disarmed somebody and he had a gun and he just like hook the slide off and then tossed both parts to the side um, It's very much like um, Braven Yes. where he just refused to use guns and instead is like oh, I'm going to use an axe <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to embed it squarely in your face um, God that was a good movie
0: that was a good movie
1: if you haven't listened to our episode on Braven yet Go, do
0: go, that. go listen to our episode on braven and go listen for the part where grayson tells a very good joke and uh, <laughs> i just completely blank them because i'm like so focused on saying what i'm gonna say yeah um, yeah it's a, that was a good episode and you know what's what i love about that episode it's nobody's listened to <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair i do i do love that episode that's so a good what, episode What's also funny about that episode is that's the one time we got correspondence from somebody and it was just oh, really we, yeah, we got it on like Twitter or whatever it was, and somebody was just like, I don't know, I didn't really like Braven and I was like, Okay. Like that cool. was the whole that was the whole of the <laughs> the interaction. <laughs>
1: All right. Sure.
0: I hope that guy's still listening.
1: I know. I, I hope we've watched something Yeah. I hope I hope we've watched something you do like.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Um Maybe he was a big hard ticket to Hawaii fan. I don't know. Um, <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> yeah. it would make a little sense.
0: <laughs> I, uh but yeah, like I said, that's pretty much all I got. Yeah. Um,
1: I think, I think that's all I got too. For being my very first watch of a Jason Bourne movie. I, I really enjoyed it. I think it met my expectations.
0: Okay. I mean, if you, and if you like this one, I think you might like the sequels. Um, I'm sure we'll return to them at some point, uh, because we're an action movie podcast and they're but, action yeah. movies. So, yeah.
1: Um, um, one of my coworkers is a huge Jason Bourne fan. Really? Like, oh, he loves those movies. I believe it. Yeah.
0: They they have their audience. I I, I wouldn't say it's like as big as something like Mission Impossible or 007? Um, James Bond. Yeah, James Bond, but. They do have their fans. Like There's a yeah. pretty big pool of people who have watched all three multiple times and just, just love Jason Bourne. Yeah. Um, I yeah, think my parents
1: are included in that.
0: I wouldn't be surprised. Your dad seems like a Bourne fan.
1: Yeah. I, they had all three. I remember... Because uh, I'd like be rooting through all of our movies looking for something to watch, and I always saw all three Jason Bourne films in our mm. cabinet. So...
0: All right. Well, that brings us to everybody's favorite part of the show. Hell yeah. Um, what what would you rate this film out of 10? Eight. Wow. Okay.
1: Yep. yep. This is a solid eight.
0: Right on.
1: Um, the main reason is I... I was a little, con- well, I wasn't confused. It just him being confused about who he was for so long until at like, the very end. Like I get why they did it, but I feel like they could have sped that up a little faster. Um, because it was getting a little old just every time anything would happen he was like I don't know who I am <laughs> um, and it, it didn't seem like he was making any progress on figuring that out yeah um, that's fair and so but uh, that's really the only thing
0: okay Um, I think for me this is like a. I would say this is like a 7.5
1: 7.5.
0: Um, I really like it, but it's not the kind of thing that like, I'm going to sit down and watch Jason Bourne again tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, right. Um, I liked it. I, I would see it again if it was on TV or if like I had nothing else to do. Um, But I, I can't say it's something that I seek out just because it's not really in my, my wheelhouse, I guess. Yeah. Um, I love it for its aesthetic. I love it for, for its, uh just kind of the the history of it and and i kind of appreciate the genre it spawned but it always is going to lose points in in my head just because i really don't like the way they shoot the action for the most part yeah Um, i just can't i i can't ever get behind like i know it has its time and place but for me that way of shooting action with like the super quick cuts and the the Shaky camp just doesn't work for me. I just don't like it. Um, I'm not like a, like a elitist or anything where I'm like that automatically makes it a bad movie. Like I, I, honestly, you know, obviously yeah. I think that this is a good movie. I just think it's not my, it's not my flavor. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, that's how I feel. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much it.
1: Hell yeah.
0: Um, and I just wanted to say, if this was your first time listening to this podcast, because Uh, We actually talked about uh, an action movie that you would assume we would talk about. Um, (laughs) I would say go back and listen to our back catalog because we talk about a lot of interesting um, Mm -hmm. movies you probably haven't heard of. So, um, yeah, but that's pretty much all I got. So, if you like this episode, uh, what should you do?
1: Uh, Five Five stars. stars. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Um, Leave comments, reviews. um share with friends families your dog your cat your fish uh buy a billboard and project it
0: i would yes i would appreciate that Um, (laughs) uh yeah if if you like this episode leave us a nice review um five stars really helps out the show you can do it right in the spotify app or the apple Podcasts app um but if you don't want to do that you can always tell a friend uh, recommend it to a co-worker, share it on Facebook. Um, that's the best way to get the word out about this silly little show. Yeah, um, And I just, you know, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of podcasts out there. I know, you know, I'm aware. It's overwhelming. Uh, it is overwhelming, but, you know, we appreciate you listening to this. Yeah. Um, especially when you could go listen to the Office Rewatch podcast. I don't know. <laughs> um, I hate, I hate, like i know this is like pot calling kettle black right but yeah i cannot stand all those podcasts that are just like it's two people who were on burn notice and we're gonna watch every episode of burn notice and talk about burn notice and it's like nobody likes the show this much yeah (laughs) (laughs) like there's one or two good ones like there's the the scrubs rewatch one and then there's like the um Uh, What's it called? The. I can't even think of it, but it's like just just I miss when podcasts were just like regular people and not celebrities. Yeah. Uh, Just vibing. Yeah. Celebrities who haven't gotten any work in 10 years and that's why they started a podcast because it's free. Um, Anyway, I've revealed too much about myself. Um, (laughs) That's yeah. Uh, If you want to get in contact with the show about why I'm wrong about celebrity rewatch podcasts. You can email me at action at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. We are vivala Action everywhere, including Facebook, Instagram. TikTok. YouTube, TikTok. Facebook. You already said Facebook? I said Facebook. Facebook. Uh, fa- we're on Letterboxd, I think. Um, oh, there you go. Let's make I a LinkedIn. Up- we should make a LinkedIn. We've talked about this before. <laughs> I should make Have a we? LinkedIn. Ah, shit. Um, we should make a MySpace. hell yeah let's make
1: a myspace uh and we'll really go for it
0: oh yeah i'll i'll put a song on our profile and everything um yeah yeah that's pretty much it uh you'll find grayson um on a planet full of vampire women and you'll find me um just
1: standing in the streets of paris
0: that's right And when a bus goes by, I disappear. Yep. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, we're watching Mission Impossible next. Mission Impossible 1. 2000. Whatever. Whatever year it came out. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay. I like how
1: in all of these YouTube videos, there's just gonna be like straight up titties. <laughs> like maybe this, that's this...
0: why. Uh, maybe that's why YouTube kills it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, probably. why no, think... look, it's, they're covered. YouTube, it's uh-huh. just Vampirella.
0: That's right. She's got her titties covered. It's fine. Yeah, she's got that one inch of fabric.
1: <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I think. Oh, no, she's wearing like a full shirt. That red stuff is just blood.
0: Oh. Okay. It just looks like her skin with like a really thin red. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I see. Boy, that is a thin shirt. Yeah, I know. It's, uh doesn't leave a whole lot to the imagination. No. That's okay. It is a vampire. Who cares? Or an alien. She's an alien vampire or something. I don't know. Something.
1: I don't know. know. If Lissa was here, she could tell us more.
0: I think, I think Vampirella is supposed to be from like a planet where everyone's a vampire or something. Yeah. I think Um, that sounds right. And she's like sent to take over the earth, but then she decides to just be a superhero or something. I don't remember. (laughs) doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it matters to somebody, but yeah.
1: Lisa has a lot of like first issues and stuff.
0: I've never read an issue of Vampirella. I I only know Vampirella from going to Comic Cons and seeing people draw um her with giant boobs. That's uh,
1: <laughs> and no and nothing else? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
0: You know those Comic Con booths where it's just like a guy and all his photos are just a woman with just giant boobs?
1: <laughs> just the hugest tits you've ever <laughs> seen. Yeah.
0: Yeah, everybody. Everybody at every comic universe is just a J cup, and they're <laughs> all, just, you know. Yeah,
1: you know. they have back problems. Yeah. Okay. Well, enough about ready? boobs.
0: Enough <laughs> about boobs. Let's <laughs> talk about Matt Damon. Um, Matt Damon.